Hello, this is John Smallwood, Senior Wealth Advisor with Smallwood Wealth Management. Welcome you to today's podcast. Today, we're going to discuss the concept of pension income. Many people still have them. Many people don't. Many people are not aware of some of the problems and pitfalls that they're going to have potentially with their pensions. I want to talk about it. it in our guide, 19 Sources of Retirement Income, it's number two. It is, and when you think about some of this, the statistics out there, it is currently one of the largest sources of retirement income for retired people. It's Social Security, pensions, and then living off of savings and or working are the key components now, okay? But I wanted to step back for a second and think about you have a pension, that what is a pension, okay? And a pension is something that is known as a defined benefit plan or a retirement plan or a corporate retirement plan. And it, it's a function of, it's a promise that the company or organization that you work for, such as a teacher, a policeman, a fireman, you know, somebody that works for that type of organization is that if you put in a certain amount of years, you will get a certain percentage of your income for life when you retire. From a fundamental standpoint, it's one of the greatest benefits that you can have as an employee of any type of corporation is the fact that they have a pension. And this is known as what's called a defined benefit pension plan. It, it says, we're gonna give you a certain percentage the shift has been into what we call the defined contribution pension system, which is that of a 401k, which says, we'll put some money in for you, whatever it's worth, you'll have for retirement and you can generate income. So they've, by doing this, they have shifted the risk from themselves to you, the recipient of that, of that pension. So fundamentally, when you start thinking about this pension, as you get older and as you, you know, put in the years, you're, if you're a school teacher, it might be 25 or 26 years until you can get full benefits, might be a certain age. You might have worked for a company that has frozen a pension plan. Most people forget about those. They don't forget about, you know what I'm saying? They forget about them as one of the key points. Everything that you own needs to be understood, managed, maximized, etc. Okay. But a pension is one of these things that, that's really different and unique for each company that's going to offer it. Most of the pensions do not offer a lump sum. Some companies offer a lump sum retirement benefit, meaning, and I'm going to put an example together, and we'll kind of stick with that through the pension concept. You've put in a certain amount of work for a certain amount of years, and you're going to retire and you're gonna qualify for a $5,000 a month benefit. This is, is, would be considered the life only benefit, which means upon retirement, if I say I'd like to take the life only benefit, I will receive $5,000 a month for the rest of my life. When I pass away, my spouse will receive nothing. Okay, so that's the single life option. Typically, there's a series of options that you're going to be able to take, which are going to provide a reduced benefit 
but a benefit to the survivor, the spouse. So for example, you might have a pension option that says, we'll give you $4,500 a year, $500 less per month, and upon your death, your spouse will receive 2,250. This is known as the joint survivor 50% option. There could be another option that says, take 4,000 and upon my demise, my spouse will get $4,000 a month. So that's the joint survivor 100%. Then there's a whole series of options that may be presented. I've seen as many as 26 different options prevented, which sort of like calculus, you know, it's difficult to figure out which is the best one. Some of them have pop-up features, which if I take the 4,500 and my spouse predeceases me, it may pop back up. These are all things that you really want to understand, but this life-only option typically while I'm working, depending upon the company, that I might have put in 20 years with XYZ, I'm accruing this $5,000 a month benefit, which is now substantial because I'm at this 20-year period, and I happen to pass away. I die. That might be considered life only, and there may not be any survivor benefit to my spouse. Many people are not aware of this. It really depends upon what your pension system works. Now, some companies say if you make it to 25 years, you'll have, you know, your spouse will be guaranteed 50%. It really depends on the document and the company that you work for. So one of the keys is really understanding that detail in your pension. So as we look at this, I mentioned earlier, there's the concept of a lump sum also. So instead of getting $5,000 a month or $60,000 a year, some companies offer what's called a lump sum option, which says, and this is basic math, you have to look at exactly what your company is offering, but they may say, we'll give you, if you leave now, we'll give you the million dollars, okay? We'll give you a million dollars now, and you have to go out and replicate this 6% withdrawal, $5,000 a month, and take the 6% withdrawal. As interest rates go down in the economy, that number typically goes up. And as interest rates go up, that number typically goes down. Everything that we're talking about tonight has a pro and a con, okay? Good things and bad things. And it really depends upon you as an individual, what is right for you. But protecting that value is an important part because it's one of the key components of most people's retirement plans. Uh, when they have them, it's a really important part. Some retirement plans will have inflation adjustments. Some will not. One of the key things in, that I'm going to go through here is you need to look at the funding rate of the pension. How much assets does the pension have compared to their liabilities? And there are various lists out there that produce certain things that are out there. But what you're seeing is there's some headlines out there, some of the government pensions, some of the you know school system pensions, some of the multi-employer plans in the Midwest have funding that's below 55% of their current liabilities. 
So, for example, the New Jersey teachers pension has 22% funding, according to the last thing that we saw. According to the statedatalab.org, if you, you can search your state and you can search the year of the pension, when you look at New Jersey, what it tells us is that the overall financial condition is that the the plan assets are 51 billion the promised benefits are 150 billion unfunded benefits 98 billion dollars 34% funded according to the website for 2018 so it's underfunded right so when you start to look at that that should be something that is is important in your decision now with most of the state level pensions, there's no way to do that lump sum option. So you're, you, you really want to maximize this benefit and get it as quickly as you can and get as much from it. Start looking at some of the corporate benefits and you can do some research on this. One of the popular ones it, that's out there that's a big concern today is the GE retirement plan system. And what you see is that the GE retirement plan two years ago had, 30, had a $31 billion deficit in its funding had 559,000 active retirees living off the system with 85,000 employees trying to get the pension, you know, working currently. When Jeff Immelt took over back in, I believe it was 2001, there was an $11 billion surplus. So now some recent information that I saw was sort of conflicting. There was a couple articles out there that were talking that GE made a $6 billion reduction. Some of the Interest rates on the bonds worked out better. The GE stock came up, so that pension liability has actually been reduced, but it's down in the, you know, probably the, the 18 to $20 billion deficit area. So the health of your organization, it, you know, in determining whether to take this life-only option, which could be, you know, we're joint survivor, it could be 20, 30 years, you know, getting a lump sum might be a better option for some people. But that also has cons where you take on, you assume the investment risk, kind of like the defined contribution that I was talking about earlier. You assume, you know, how well the investments do and you assume all the market volatility and is 6% something easy to overcome? In a lot of cases, it's not. Now, when you start talking about the 18, the 19 sources of retirement income, you know, is the pension going to be enough for retirement? How do we maximize it? How, if I don't have a pension, how do I save for retirement? Now, what I want to think about also is that you have to think about the source of the retirement income and where that's going to come from. And that if I'm getting that pension income, it's going to be taxed as ordinary income. So it's going to affect my social security taxation. It's going to affect other things in my plan. But when I start to get out, probably within four to five years of retirement, if not earlier, you want to start looking for ways to maximize that pension benefit. And what I want you to think about for a second to go over the options, if I was going to get the $5,000 a month and I took a $500 a month reduction to get the $4,500 so that my spouse could get $2,250 in the event that I died earlier prior to her, that $500 a month is purchasing life insurance. It's just a different way of viewing it. It's a lifetime income. If you have life insurance that's paid for part of your retirement plan, 
you could actually take the life only option and your family would be taken care of. You could buy the life insurance prior to retirement. You could buy it at retirement, but it's typically a little bit you know, more expensive at that time. You really have to do the math and really understand. And one of the things that I like to do is to put together a little checklist in our retire ASAP as safe as possible, as soon as possible. You know, getting ready for retirement is really important. And the checklist kind of looks like this. What's the status of my pension? What are my options? The joint survivor, the single life. What is the status of the finances that are backing this thing up? Do I have a lump sum option? The most important discussion in this is, how's my health? If I have the life insurance, I'm going to take the single life only option and I'm sick and I die within a couple of years of retirement. Well, that sounds pretty damn foolish to me, right? So if I went and I got an exam a year or two out and it turned out that I'm not that healthy, I probably want to default to the $4,000 a month and have my spouse have the 100% survivor benefit and get the life insurance. That might be too much love. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But the reality is, if I don't know my health, my longevity, and there is no guarantee, like you literally, you know that you can have a perfect exam today and tomorrow not be here. There's many reasons that that, that, that could happen. Just because my parents live to their 90s doesn't mean I'm going to live to my 90s, right? or my grandparents or whatever that is. You know, there's genes, there's good luck, there's bad luck. So we can't predict the outcome of what we're trying to accomplish. But I want you to focus on this is that, what's the health of the pension? What are my benefits? How well am I prepared in other areas of my plan? So the idea is that if I know the health of my plan, I know what how much money I need from other sources, in this retirement plan, like for example, if I need $10,000 a month in retirement income and I'm gonna get $5,000 a month for my pension pre-tax and I need, I'm gonna get 2,500 from my social security, I now have 7,500, I gotta fill 2,500 per month. If that withdrawal rate is greater than four or 5%, I need to do something either with the budget or work longer. And then the most important part of this is how is my health? How is my spouse's health? And what am I going, you know, if I am not healthy, how should I protect this benefit so that it, it's eternal? Now, question that I get often, you know, if I'm not married, can I give it to my kids? And the answer to that question is I've not seen that, but you never say never. You have to look at your state as far as or your company and whether they recognize you know, your spouse and who your spouse is. There's a lot of calculators out there. There's a lot of things out there that you can be doing. You know, This becomes really important as you begin to look at early retirement scenarios. You start looking at you know, lump sum versus life annuity, immediate annuities. There's so many options and so many ways to look at this. But it really comes back to understanding the dynamics of your own personal plan. How well are you protected? How well are you prepared for this? We have a guide called the 19 Sources of Retirement that outlines a lot of different options. And what I find is that when you look at your financial strategy, 
it, it's unique. It is you. It, it's it's in motion. You've got 25, 30 years of paying bills and spending money and doing things and you know saving money and, and investing and doing things. The most important part of this is really understanding what's right for you and getting prepared sooner than later, downloading the guide, understanding how many of these 19 options do you have? How many could you have? You know, if I have a pension, how do I maximize it? If I have a, if I, you know, if I have social security, not everybody has it, depending on who you work for and the, you know, what status, how well is that going to work? Where are my other sources? How's my health? How's my family's health, etc. It's unique. So a couple of things that I recommend that you do. You should request a copy of our five ways your wealth under attack book. It's going to give you some insight into some of the financial pressure that's out there on my website. I have a video, it's three minutes and 10 seconds. That's called your wealth curve, the big picture or financial planning, the big picture. It talks about about 32 different financial pressures that are impacting your wealth as you hit all phases of wealth. And I would recommend that part of the process is we have a free, no obligation conversation that we call the wealth curve pressure identifier conversation. It's designed to be a conversation to kind of get a big picture and understand where you are, what's going on in your plan and identify where the potential pressure is. And based on that conversation, it's free. There's no obligation to go any further. But for most people, we find it to be one of the best conversations they've ever had, had about their wealth. No guarantee that that's going to happen. Could be the worst. Just kidding. Hopefully not. But in all reality, you need to talk to somebody to make sure that you are prepared for this. I was looking at something earlier today that I that I organized and we were talking about Social Security, you know, lasting and break even in one of the last podcasts. And it's about a 28, 29 year it's 14 years to break even. And if you if you took the if you delayed the benefit to age 70 and you lived to 90, you got quite a bit more money, you know, in raw dollars. That does not account for opportunity costs on, you know, time value of money, basically. So you need to equalize those conversations. But I was thinking about it, you know, 28 years of retirement or longer is longer than a lot of people have actually worked. So this money and how you use it and how you spend it and how you enjoy it is super important. I look forward to talking to you. Thank you for listening and check back soon for the next podcast. You can find us on a whole bunch of social media. Love to get your comments, love to get your feedback and what you'd like to hear more about. Hopefully you found this of value. Thank you. Welcome to the end of the video. Smallwood Wealth Management is an investment advisor representative. The opinions expressed by Smallwood Wealth Management and guests on this show are their own. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice, information presented for this educational purposes only. Moreover, no listener should assume that any discussions or information presented serves as a receipt of or substitute for personalized advice from Smallwood Wealth Management or from any other investment professional and is not intended as an offer of solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, 
or investment strategies. Smallwood Wealth Management is not a law firm or an accounting firm, and no portion of this presentation should be interpreted as legal, accounting, or tax advice. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as a recommendations appropriate for any individual. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from a qualified tax, legal, or investment advisor to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Thank you for listening.